planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. What is a Fisher House? It's a place where families can stay close by while our military and veterans are treated for wounds and illnesses, seen or unseen, at military and VA hospitals. Because the family's love is the best medicine of all. Learn more at fisherhouse.org. Get ready, sports fans, because the Row Report starts right now. Slasher Sports Production. We're back with another 30-team preview as we continue on with the defending World Series champions, the Atlanta Braves. I have Jake Mastriani with me here. He's the host of Lockdown Braves. Jake, how you doing, my friend? Hey, doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, Christian. I'm really excited to have you on. It's going to be a great conversation as we talk about the fantastic run for last year. I'm sure it was one hell of a time to follow and to be a fan. Take me back before we get into anything about the World Series of 2021. Yeah, I mean, what a crazy run it was. I mean, I'd be lying if I said going into the playoffs, you know, obviously everybody who gets there has a chance, but even I as a Braves fan said, you know, they've had to piece this thing together, the outfield with the injuries they've had. And, you know, the bullpen was the biggest question mark coming into the postseason for the Braves. And, you know, even I had to doubt if they really could win at all. But they struck at the right time and everybody got hot and that's what it takes. And I mean, it really started, you know, in August. I mean, they were a 500 team up to that point. And just really from August on, you know, the moves at the trade deadline obviously helped. But the other players just started performing as well. And they just kind of rode that momentum to a World Series, which is just incredible and a a ton of fun, a lot of fun. Um, I took over the Lockdown Braves podcast at the beginning of the postseason last year. So it was especially fun for me getting to kind of commentate on all of that throughout the postseason. So yeah, it was it was a it was a lot of fun. Really exciting. Wow, what a time to put on a podcast and talking about a team that is going to win the World Series on a daily basis. If you didn't know about the Lockdown podcast, they go over team their team, this in this case for Jake, the Lockdown Braves, they talk about the Atlanta Braves on a daily basis. Uh, and what a time to do it during the postseason. I'm sure that was an absolute pleasure. But, I mean, you said it perfectly. They got hot at the right time. The last two teams to win a World Series of the NL East got hot at the right time. The Washington Nationals in 2019 were a losing team in, before the trade deadline. And then Atlanta Braves, 500 team at the deadline. They get hot at the right time, win the World Series. So it's not all about how you start or how you how you go through the entire season. It's when uh, you get hot. That's why those trade deadlines are so important. That's why those seasons at a certain amount of time, you know, where you, where you are at the, at the postseason, who you play, it's really important. And, and they got hot at the perfect time. This Braves team was so fun to watch in the postseason. What was your favorite memory? I mean, obviously other than, you know, them winning it and seeing Freddie Freeman put his hands up in the air because he caught it at first to win the game. What was your favorite uh, favorite memory of the postseason? 
Oh, try to pick just one from that. I, I don't know if I can, but the Tyler Matzik outing in the Dodgers series when he came in relieving Luke Jackson had second, third, nobody out, struck out Souza, Pujols, and then Mookie Betts three in a row to get out of that jam. Um, I mean, that was such a huge moment. I mean, there's so many. I mean, the Solaire home run in game six, you had um, the back-to-back -back homers in game four from Dansby and Solaire to tie it and take the lead. You had Max Freed getting out of that first inning jam in game six after getting his foot stepped on and then just completely shutting the Astros down after that. I mean, you can't just ask me to pick one moment, but uh, there, there are so many great moments. But that Tyler Matzik one, I think, is just incredible because, I mean, that really just stamped the uh, – stamped the defeat of the Dodgers in that series. And that really got the Braves over that hump, a team that had put them out in two of the last three postseasons to, you know, do that, get past the Dodgers. I think they really just, it was a big sigh of relief going into the, the world series. And like, you know, now let's just beat the Astros and win the world series. If you would have asked me at the first couple weeks of the season into the season last year, if the Braves could make a run at the playoffs, even I would have said you're out of your mind. And that was because of the Ronald Acuna uh, Ronald Acuna injury. I thought that that was going to be just a nail in the coffin for this team this year because the NL East is so, is com so competitive and you, you need everything you possibly can in this division. That didn't seem to be the case. They made some really nice trade additions in the offseason. And even though they did not have Acuna, they obviously won the World Series. Acuna should be back this season. Hopefully, you know, not right away, but at some point. How exciting is it to get him back with this squad? Yeah, it, it's so exciting. I think he would have won the NL MVP maybe in a landslide if he stayed healthy last year. He was having that kind of season. So I don't know how quickly he'll get up to that pace. He's already gone on record saying he'll be playing at an MVP pace right away. He just has that much confidence about him. Sounds like he'll only miss maybe the first couple of weeks of the season. And now with the full uh, DH in both leagues, he can come back early as a DH. So there's a benefit of that. But it's going to be tough because once you put him back out there, he's just somebody who plays, you know, so hard all the time. It's going to be hard to to really just kind of tell him, okay, let's ease back into this a little bit. There's no easing into anything for Ronald Acuna Jr. So I am I'm super pumped to have him back. I just want to see him get a full healthy season because I think he will win the NL MVP if he can do that. He's just that type of player can do it all. You know, the, all the five tools. Maybe he may have more than that. I don't know. Um, he's just that exciting, that good of a player. Yeah, if there's ever such thing as a 6 to a player, he'd be in the running for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> one hell of a player. Yeah, so that'd be really nice to get him back. But one player you're not going to get back, and I'll go ahead and throw the elephant out in the room, and obviously that's the Freddie Freeman. He's, no, he's now on the West Coast over with the Los Angeles Dodgers. You get a nice replacement for him, and we can talk about that trade in just a second. But regardless of how you feel about Freddie being with the the Braves or no longer, you know, no longer being with him, moving to Los Angeles, it's gonna stink not seeing him in a Braves jersey next year. How do you feel about this Freeman uh, Freeman moving on um, and not seeing him with the Atlanta Braves this coming season? Yeah, it it definitely hurt a little bit, stung a little bit. I think Freddie was was shocked and and stunned by it a little bit, but. You know, it, like I said, it, I, I kind of made the analogy. It's like you know, you've been with a longtime girlfriend for a while and all of a sudden it just it doesn't work out. And it's probably for the best, but it still stings. You know, it's that type of, of feeling. You're going to see them with somebody else on a regular basis and it still just hurts. 
And yeah, I thought Freddie Freeman was going to be that Chipper Jones. He was going to be with the Atlanta Braves for the entirety of his career, but it just wasn't in the works. And I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily blame either side. I think Alex Anthopoulos, the Braves GM made a, a good offer. I think he made a good business decision and bottom line, if Freddie Freeman wanted to be a brave today, he would still be one. Um, I think his agent let him down a ton in those negotiations. And I, I honestly just think he always thought he would be an Atlanta brave. And when it didn't happen and Alex and Tabos had to move on, I think he was just completely shocked and taken back by it. And it, it's going to hurt as a Braves fan because, I mean, he meant a lot to this team, to the city, uh, to the fans, and that's going to be hard to replace. But like you said, we can get to it in a minute. Matt Olson is the perfect replacement for him. Um, so it, it's going to hurt uh, not having number five there at first base. Braves will move on. Um, Maybe not this year. You're going to get the comparisons all throughout the year. You know, every time Freddie, every time Matt Olson doesn't make a play, Freddie Freeman would have made or doesn't get a hit. Freddie Freeman would have gotten, you know, you're going to hear the comparisons, but it's a new era in Atlanta for sure. And uh, we'll see. Freddie Freeman's going to accept his, his World Series ring in Atlanta in June. Uh, we'll, we'll see what the fan reaction is there, but definitely uh, did not go the way many of us, including myself, thought it would go this offseason. I love your analogy about the girlfriend thing. That's a 17-year girlfriend that he's taken away because he's been in that organization for a very long time. June is going to be one hell of a series when the Dodgers come to town to come to that park. That's a great park, by the way. I got the opportunity to go to the last year of Turner Field in Atlanta and then got to go to SunTrust Field when it was SunTrust the first year. The, the atmosphere of that entire area is just so fun down there. The baseball village, it's like an entire block party down there. Everywhere you go, there's bars and fun places for family and then outside the stadium. It is my favorite stadium to go to. My, my wife is actually a Braves fan now because she enjoyed mm-hmm. how, how much she loved that uh that stadium yeah. down there. So um, I'll have to make another trip down there, I guess. But yeah, what a what a time. But let's talk about this Olsen trade. Uh, you gave up what seemed to be a decent amount of prospects for Matt Olsen to get two years younger at the first base position. Uh, but it seems like it could be something to help the Braves stay competitive and stay competitive longer. What's your thoughts about this? Yeah, all offseason, I thought for sure Freddie Freeman was coming back partly because I never thought Alex Anthopoulos would give up the prospects it would take to get Matt Olson. He's yet to make any kind of big prospect move, choosing rather to just spend the money than trade prospects. But I think whenever negotiations broke down, he saw things weren't going to happen with Freddie Freeman. He quickly pivoted and said, okay, if we can't get Freddie Freeman, who's out there that can replace his production. And like I said earlier, there's not a perfect replacement than Matt Olson. He's as good, if not better defensively than Freddie Freeman, more power than Freddie Freeman. I mean, he hit 39 home runs playing in Oakland. I can only imagine what he's going to do with that chop house and left and right field in Atlanta. So uh, he's going to bring a ton of power, great defense, not ex- quite the hit tool as Freddie Freeman, but he does still get on base at a 350 clip, which is really good. So, and, and he's younger. I think he's four years younger and they've got him locked up for eight years now. So, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's a tough move. You I mean, Alex Anthopoulos was crying talking about it because he knows what it, what it took to move on from Freddie Freeman. But I think ultimately it was probably the right business de- decision because you get 
like I said, a significantly younger player coming into his prime at 28 years old, a ton of power. He's from Atlanta. You got him locked up for, for eight years at like 21 million a year, which if he plays like he has, is a steal. And he's going to hit 35, 40 home runs a year and play gold glove level defense. So, uh, like I said, a great move. It's tough to move on from the Freddie Freeman air, but I, think, I don't think you could have handpicked a better replacement than Matt Olson. Looking at this Braves roster now, it is really exciting to see what they're doing. They have all of their studs locked up at a bargain. Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Chapman now all locked up for pretty franchise-friendly deals, if you ask me. Yeah, it's and it's... And I think you said Chapman, you meant Olsen, but oh, yeah, um, sorry, <laughs> Olsen. Not, yeah, I mean, having you know three of your best hitters in the lineup for the next you know seven, eight years, and like you said, at team friendly deals, in my opinion, especially for Ozzy and Acuna. I mean, it's it's honestly almost a little sad what they're getting paid. Um, but Alex Anthopoulos has just done a a great job of putting this team together doing it in a way that allows him to go out and make additions. I mean, it, look, you talk about they didn't sign Freddie Freeman, who wanted, you know, $28 million a year from the Braves. He goes and gets Matt Olson, who's making nearly half that this year, and he uses those funds to go out and get an Eddie Rosario, a left-handed bat they very much needed. He uses those extra funds to go out and get a Kenley Jansen as their closer to just build on what was already a really good bullpen. He has just done such a great job of setting them up for future success with the way he's handled this payroll, getting players under contract for multiple years at good rates, and then just being able to build off of that. So I can't speak any more highly of Alex Anthopoulos and the job he's done since taking over as GM for the Atlanta Braves. If I had a dollar for every time I mixed up Matt Olson and Matt Chapman, <laughs> uh, both former athletics now, I'd have season tickets to the Braves. So yeah. thank you for correcting me. I really appreciate that. But yeah, you, you're right. These additions that they got because of them choosing to move on from Freddie Freeman and make other decisions are immaculate. With this NL East, this NL East is arguably the most difficult division in all of baseball. It hard to actually, it's, it's hard to actually argue that right now. There are four teams that could compete for this division. Three, three definitely. You could really put the Miami Marlins in a wild card position, a possibility. You never know, especially after what we saw in 2020. And then the Nationals, they're kind of on the slide, but they're not. Uh, they're not one of the worst teams in baseball. They are probably the best worst team in their division, right? Like compared <laughs> right. to like the Orioles or you know the Rockies or Diamondbacks, they're not. They're not the. They're the worst fifth for fifth place team. So with that being said. A lot of great pitching, a lot of great batting uh, on this team or on this division. This bullpen is so needed, and they add amazing pieces. And then you said they add Rosario as well. They they have a lot of great things going on for this team, and they're going to need it if they're going to compete in this NL East. Can you see them being able to make – I don't want to ask you a run for the World Series. I'll maybe ask you that later on, but do you think they have the opportunity to make a run for this division this year? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's what Brian Snicker, the manager of the Braves, you know, was saying coming into the year. He's not talking about winning a World Series. He's talking about winning a division because that's what you have to do in order to get to where you ultimately want to go. And look, this division has been very competitive for the last three or four years. The records haven't always reflected that. 
Part of that's because of injuries. Part of that's just because they beat up each other so much. But you talk about the money that the Mets are spending, the money that the Phillies are spending both over the luxury tax threshold. The Braves are now spending big money, getting close to $200 million. The Marlins, as you talked about, they're coming up. They're not spending nearly (laughs) that much, but they have a lot of great young talent. That pitching staff could be one of the best in all of baseball. It's a very difficult division. You could talk about 92 wins winning this division. Um, It's all going to come down to health for a lot of these teams, which team can stay healthy, which team has the depth to sustain health. You know, that's been the Mets' biggest problem for years now. It's on paper going into the seasons. A lot of times they look like the best team, but they can't stay healthy, and they haven't had the depth behind that. I think they do this year. I think they've made some great moves as as well. Uh, But it's going to be a difficult division. But the Braves, I mean, on paper, they have the team to win this division. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, I've made this comment uh, on my podcast as well, is that all you can ask for as a fan going into a season is put a team together that is capable of winning. And, you know, Alex Anthopoulos has more than done that with his Braves team. They should be considered one of the favorites for the NL East. I got a question for you, and I'm curious if you know the answer. Who is the most underrated Braves player, and why is it Austin Riley? Um, I would, I would actually, when you said underrated, the first name that came to my mind was Ozzy Albies. Um, I okay. don't know why he just doesn't get a lot of love. I'll get, to, I can get to Austin in a second, but the <laughs> first name that came to my mind was just Ozzy Albies. I continually see top ten second baseman rankings, and I'm not seeing Ozzy Albies on there. Oh, and that's no, no way. He's he's top five at yes. least. Yes. in all of baseball. So I don't understand why he keeps continually being underrated or just overlooked. He's one of the best second basemen in all of baseball to your Austin Riley point. I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say that he's underrated. I think he still has something to prove in my mind um, as great as 2021 was. How do you follow that up? Because to me, trying to sit here and be, a realistic fan, take my Braves goggles off. That was one season and it was not great before that. And it may be the best season he ever has. I hope not. I hope he gets into the MVP discussion more in the future, but it very well could be the best season he ever has. And that's okay. As long as he doesn't fall off a complete cliff, you know, as long as, you know, maybe he doesn't hit 300, but he hits 270 you know, and still has 30 home run power. That's okay. That's still what I expect from Austin Riley. So um, I I think, I think other fans just need to see it again. I wouldn't necessarily say he's underrated. I think he still has a little something to prove before he starts getting the more national recognition that he, he probably should. Oh, that makes sense. I I buy that. I mean, both of them last year were 30 home run uh, 30 home run players. And I can see that both happening again. I mean, Ozzy Albies, you're right. There's no way if he's not even in the top 10 conversation of second baseman, he should be in the top 10 conversation of all position players, period. I mean, he was 30 home runs, 20, what, 20 uh, stolen bases last year, over 100 RBIs. Yeah, he's he's got it made. And Austin Riley had a great year, too. So I'll t- I will take your rebuttal. That you think that Albies is more underrated. I'll buy that. I just thought that Austin Riley had one great season as well. Uh, With that being said, though, let's go ahead and take a deeper look into 2022 now with the new additions of this Atlanta Braves. And 
let's look at this pitching staff. This pitching staff was absolutely incredible last season, um, even with the injuries they had to fight through. Now we're looking at people like Charlie Morton, Max Reed, Ian Anderson. Mike Soroka, will we see him back this year? Possibly. Um, I've been telling fans not to count on anything from him, but if he comes back, it's just an added bonus. He himself has said he thinks he could be back in July. I think more realistic would probably be August. If that happens, then like I said, it's just huge icing on the cake, but I'm not expecting anything from him this year coming off two Achilles tears. Got it. Got it. All right. So what is the key for this pitching staff and obviously the bullpen um, with the exception of health, what is the key for them to make sure they can keep this Atlanta Braves in, in the baseball games and get them competitive and winning throughout the NL East? Yeah, I'm going to give out a, a shameless plug here because I just wrote an article on Perfect. Kyle Wright at, at uh, TomahawkTake.com. And to me, uh, the key for this rotation is having one of those young starters step up, whether it's Kyle Wright or Waskar Enoa or, or Tucker Davidson or Kyle Muller. They have to have one of those guys step up and become a mainstay in the starting rotation because, like you said, you have the Charlie Morton, the – the Max Freed, the Ian Anderson, you know those are going to be your three big guys, but what if one of them goes down? What if two of them go down? You know, what if they miss time throughout the season? Who behind them is going to step up and be a consistent starter in the rotation? I think Kyle Wright can be that guy. Uh, Waskari Noah was that guy in 2021 early in the season when the team was struggling. He had a really good run of success. But for me, I think Kyle Wright has the ability to be that too. Now, former fifth overall pick, he just hasn't really had the success at the major league level, but he comes into game four of the World Series last year and pitches four and two-thirds, just great innings. So that's the key for me with this rotation. We know the top three are really good, and you know, I think they get overlooked a little bit for how great they were in the postseason last, last, uh, last season. You know, There was a lot of talk on the bullpen, a lot of talk about the big home runs the Braves hit, but you look at what that starting rotation did to offenses like the Dodgers and the Astros, two of the best offenses in baseball. You know, Morton, Freed, and Anderson were just excellent um, in the postseason. So you know they're there, but what if one of them goes down? Who's going to step up behind them? That's the key for me in this rotation. Can one of the young starters step up and become a mainstay in that rotation to help uh, back up those top three? Well, coming from you, it means a lot, talking about young and pitch, younger pitchers and younger prospects. You're also a writer for Prospects 1500. You do a lot of prospect talk um, and a lot of insight as well. Other than the, the, pitching, uh, the pitching needs here with some possibly young stars making some moves, any other prospects that you see that could make an impact on this team or just some that you're exciting for? I know you say you, you watch a lot of Birmingham baseball, some of them that you might be excited for for this season. Yeah, I mean, Michael Harris is the top prospect in the system for sure, and I'm really excited to see what he does in double-A. Uh, he should be coming through my town here pretty soon, so it's going to be a big year for him. Um, Southern League, as it's now appropriately called, is a very tough league to hit in. Um, so if he can make the adjustments there and continue to you know, hit and be an 800 OPS player, I think he's already there defensively. I think that'll set him up for a chance next season. I, I don't think this season is a possibility, but next season I think would give him a chance to break in with the Braves. Another player I'm really excited about, Vaughn Grissom, a shortstop, played 12 games at high last year, was really impressive in spring. This season, 
Dansby Swanson's era in Atlanta could be coming to an end. Um, I'm ex- I'm interested to see how aggressive they are with Von Grissom. If they immediately shoot him up to double A, do they think he has a shot to take over at short next year if they decide not to bring Dansby Swanson back? That's that's more so a storyline in the minor leagues that I'm interested in watching. Uh, Spencer Strider uh, on the pitching side, I think is the best pitching sp- prospect in the Braves system. I think he has the most upside. Uh, has a lot to work on just in terms of command and and his secondary stuff, but he's already up triple a, he went five levels last year and ended up pitching in the big leagues. Um, but he's the pitching prospect I'm most excited about. And then I'll give you one prospect that I think could make an impact this year. And it's drew waters. Um, you know, very highly touted prospect coming up and has stumbled at the higher levels. But if he gets it going this year, the Braves have a need in center field. They're probably going to have Adam Duvall there to start the year. They could put Ronald Acuna Jr. there, but coming off the ACL injury, I don't really love that idea. If Drew Waters could get it going at AAA and come up and stick in center field where he's really good defensively, that could be huge for the Braves. That's a big if, because like I said, he has struggled pretty mightily the last couple of years. Uh, really has to cut down on the strikeouts and his approach at the plate, but all the talent in the world. And that would be huge for the Braves if, if he could figure it out and come up and get some starts in the center field where they, like I said, they have a need. Oh man, I, that would definitely be a need. That'd definitely be something that could make a direct impact on this season. And I like that Von Gerson uh, one right there. Whew, to replace Dansby Swanson, that is a storyline indeed. This is why I love minor league baseball and prospects. You can see the, the guys who you think will take over and then you can see it the puzzle pieces starting to fit in. Will Dansby's contract expire? Oh, that's going to be a good storyline. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to that one for sure. All right, last question before I get your predictions for the 2022 Atlanta Braves, the defending World Series champion. I'm sure you I'm sure you have no problem me saying that over and over again. No. Marcel Ozuna, he returns after being suspended for one year. Looks like that is a great time to come back with the DH being universal this year. But how do you feel he's going to hold up after being out for an entire season? Yeah, that's that's one of my big storylines going into the season as well. Not only how he'll hold up, how does he fit back in the clubhouse? Um, you know, couldn't help the injury. He wasn't playing good before that. He was abysmal before the injury. And then you got the do- domestic violence situation, you know, ending his season essentially with the Braves. How does he fit back into that clubhouse? And on top of that, how does he perform? Because like I said, he was not good in 2021. How does he perform at the plate? And basically having a year off from professional baseball. Now, I know he played a ton in the Dominican Winter League. And, you know, that's certainly at least getting some good reps there. But not exactly, you know, major league competition. You know, how quickly does he get back up to speed? Does having the DH help him? Um you know, I these are these are questions that you know obviously we'll have to see if they get answered or not. But that is a huge storyline for me, Marcelo Zuna. You know, how does he jump back into that clubhouse? He was he was the party starter before all of that happened. I mean, he he started the stir it up every, you know thing in Atlanta that all the players were doing. You know, he was the fun guy in the clubhouse that everybody joked around with. How does that happen now after what took place last year? You know, whatever your feelings on are on it, I think he still has something to prove in the clubhouse to the team. 
Um, and I think, you know, part of that is how you play on the field. He still has fans that he's going to have to win back over. And part of that is how you perform on the field. So I think Ozuna is a huge storyline for the Braves this season. And I'm curious to see how, how that plays out for sure. I'm sure he's going to have to deal with a lot of booze, uh, even, even at the home stadium, uh, probably the mm-hmm. first couple times he goes up to the plate. So yeah, that's a dynamic that he's really going to have to pay attention to and see if he can make it through. But if he's hot, he's one of he was one of the best best bats in 2019. Uh, so he he can really he can really take it off if uh, if he finds a way to make it happen. This team on paper looks incredible, and we know what they're capable of by obviously looking at the postseason last year. Again, the perfect time for you to have a podcast. My God, that's an amazing <laughs> time to start it off. Uh, all the information in the world that you need. But when you look at this, the bullpen outstanding arguably you could argue you could make the argument that this is one of the best bullpens in all the league maybe you know maybe the Dodgers might be able to fight you for that one maybe but then you look at this outfield with the additions of Rosario and when Cooney comes back Duvall wow infield fantastic pitching staff if they're healthy incredible the addition of Olsen wow right so let's put that all together the NL East is one of the toughest divisions we've mentioned this before if not the toughest division in baseball New York Mets have spent so much money, they've named a luxury tax after them. Philadelphia mm-hmm. Phillies are spending money. We don't know how good Miami's going to be. They're almost they're kind of like the wild card of the league right now. And then Washington, they're kind of in rebuild, but they could steal some games from people in this division. I really feel like they can. Now, putting that all together, where do you see the Atlanta Braves fit in this positional hierarchy of the NL East? And I'm going to ask you now, can you see a return to the Atlanta Braves to the World Series? I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they win the NL East again. Look, on paper, this team is better than the team that just won the World Series. As we know, the game's not played on paper. You know, what if Acuna doesn't come back and he's not who he was quite yet? You know, coming back from that injury. What if they do have a big injury to this top of the rotation and and one of the young guys doesn't step up? You know, these, these are all stuff. You know, these are all questions that things that pop up during a season and could happen to any team, you know, ask the Mets who are currently getting big stars injured. I mean, DeGrom and Scherzer sounds great. Can both of those pitchers stay healthy all season long? Um, But on paper going into this season, I see this team as a 94 win team, which I think is going to be enough to win the division. Um, So, you know, that's kind of where I have them right now on paper are they good enough to win the world series again? Yes, I think they are. Will they, I don't know that I'm going to quite make that bold prediction just yet, but like I said earlier, as a fan, all you can ask for is that your GM build a team capable of winning a world series. And this team is more than capable of winning world series. Like I said, on paper, I think it's a better team than what they had last year. I think the additions to the bullpen are going to be massive especially early in this season when starters likely aren't going to be going deep into games. And that was one of the biggest issues for the Braves last year. Like I said, the bullpen was their biggest question mark going into the postseason. And all of a sudden, Matzik, Minter, Smith, you know, Jackson started pitching like we thought they were capable of, but they hadn't really done that all year. So to have that coming out of the gate you know, and to to add McCollum McHugh to that, to add Kenley Jansen to that. I, I mean, if you get a lead going into the fifth or sixth inning, 
you know, you feel like your chances of holding on to that lead are pretty good. So that alone gives me a lot more confidence that the Braves can steal some early season wins. Whereas last year they were losing those games because they didn't have the depth in the bullpen and the bullpen guys that were there weren't performing like they were capable of. So I think that's going to be a massive win for the Braves this year in helping them win the division and hopefully get back to the World Series. Could you imagine this hypothetical real quick? It just came to my mind while you were talking about the possibility of them making back to the World Series. I'm going to take one step back, though, to the NLCS. Could you imagine Game 7 of the NLCS against the Los Angeles Dodgers in the final the final at-bat? Is Kenley Jansen of the Atlanta Braves versus Freddie Freeman of the Los Angeles Dodgers? No, I can't imagine that. I don't I don't want to imagine that. The level of, of stress that would come into that, especially if Freddie walked it off or whatever. I just I don't know I don't know how how that would go for Braves fans, but yeah, that would be something for sure. And uh, I saw, uh, I think it's Instagram. I'm not in Instagram, but I saw a post from Ronald Acuna Jr. where they posted the Dodgers lineup and he said, you know, see you in October. Uh, and Freddie Freeman wrote a letter the other day, you know, thanking his, the Braves fans for his time there and said, see you in October. So that, I mean, uh, look, Freddie's there for six years. Matt Olson's here for eight years. It's going to happen at some point. They're going to meet in the postseason. Both teams are just that good. Uh, it'll be fun to watch, but as a Braves fan, it's just going to be absolutely nerve-wracking. Oh, man, I can't wait for those storylines. That's going to be fantastic. Jake, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast today. This was absolutely exciting. So glad to talk Braves baseball. I've been looking forward to this episode for quite some time. Before you go, though, please let all the listeners know where you can, they can find you, what you got going on, how to listen to Lockdown Braves, and how to subscribe. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Uh, you can listen to me on Locked On Braves, which is available on all your podcast platforms. We're on YouTube as well, Locked On Braves on YouTube. So plenty of places out there uh, to find me, to find the work. Also right over at tomahawktake.com, where I cover the Braves in written form if you want to check me out there as well. But thanks so much for having me on, Christian. I do appreciate it. Absolutely. And everywhere that you can find Jake will be in the show notes below, including the article we talked about earlier on. That link will also be in the show notes below. That's going to wrap it up for the Rao Report. I appreciate y'all listening. We are going to continue on with our 30-team preview as we get closer and closer to opening day. We are almost there, everyone. Only a few more teams left as we get on to, I mean, opening day is just right around the corner. April 7th can't get here soon enough, but we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening. Tune in weekdays for more of the Rao Reports. traveling this summer make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from harris teeter it's easy download your evic coupon and for every dollar you spend with your vic card you'll get two fuel points that's up to one dollar per gallon on quality fuel at participating bp and harris teeter fuel centers 
Download your EVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with EVIC and Harris Teeter Fuel Points. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen. Real results. Real care. Real about recovery.